Welcome to Incubator by Planet Ant Podcasts. My name is Mike McGettigan, executive producer of the network. At Planet Ant, we pride ourselves on exploring new talent and bringing new voices to the stage. So we're bringing that to the world of podcasting. We'll regularly feature six-episode short-run series commissioned exclusively for the Incubator podcast. Some of these might become full-run podcasts of their own, and some might just stay within what we're doing here. Incubator. Stick around. You might like what's next. What will become of Dawn and Betty? What's gonna happen to Pete and Peggy? For Kate, it's a mystery. For Ashley, a mystery. It's time to hear Mad Women. <laughs> All right. And now we are here for season one, episode two of Mad Men. <laughs> Mad Women. That's us. <laughs> the title of the episode you know, is Ladies' Room, and I feel like there's a lot of ladies in a lot of rooms in this episode. A lot of ladies in this room right now. Well, there's, in our virtual room. There's only one lady in my personal room. Her room. And there's one lady in your room. <laughs> <sighs> um, do you know what I realized we did not do on the first episode? What? Introduce ourselves. Ah, that's so weird, though. <laughs> our names were never, All right. we never said our name. You know what? Because of that, I'm going to give myself a new name. This is my opportunity to be someone other than myself. Mm, you don't make, don't make. That we face. definitely called each other by our names. <laughs> I don't but think so. Go ahead. What's your name? I've never met you before. Lacey Underpants. <sighs> All right. <laughs> Okay. You can't okay. take a name from a different podcast. <laughs> well, that podcast never came to be, so. Mm, not like this one. This one's very successful. Viola, Viola uh, Spaghetti is my name. All right. No, I'll find it. I'll find it along the way. All right. Well, until you figure that out, I'm just going to call you Ashley. Okay. And you can call me Kate. Okay. I, right. I'm the one that doesn't like fun. <laughs> and doesn't like lies. <laughs> I see the truth. The one, mm-hmm. um, I'm the one who only subsists on ridiculousness yeah. and ridiculous bits. Yeah, that's so. that's your role, and you know what? My role in life mostly yeah. is to just talk a lot of shit. Okay, talk a big game. Yeah. Talk a lot of shit. Okay. And be, in general, um, uh, someone that you can't take seriously. <laughs> All right. That's good to know. So, Lay the groundwork. Um, my life has been defined by be, uh, demanding to be taken seriously at all times. Yeah. And yeah. I cannot abide anyone that I think doubts anything about me. <laughs> And that is why we work so well. Sure, if you say so. (laughs) If you say so. So, ladies' room. We both just watched it. Yes. Uh, Your prediction for this episode was there were going to be a big reveal of Don's secret family. (laughs) There was going to be something awkward between Peggy and Pete. There would be more mm-hmm. characters 
Yes. Don would pitch more advertising, <laughs> and someone would use the lingo term sassafras. I was wrong about that one. I think the only thing you were right about was more characters. <laughs> and you nailed it. I fucking nailed that shit. Um, I feel Maybe. like there was kind of a reveal about his secret family in that, in the very opening, they were together with his boss. Oh my gosh. I think, I think we just, I think we just uh, didn't see the reveal. The reveal happened yeah. off camera right before, okay. like Don walks into the fancy restaurant yeah. with his wife mm-hmm. and Sterling is like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. And, and it's a whole big moment, yeah. and then they move past it. Okay, so we're and have dinner. We're just seeing the aftermath of right. That's a really right. creative way to tell a story. I think yeah, so. to make the drama Thank happen you. off off camera. Screen. Yeah, right. Yeah, it worked because you know what? People will fill in the gaps. Absolutely. So that there's that. That makes sense. Um. So yeah, they it starts out they're on this double date. Um, trying to talk about childhood, but apparently everyone's getting drunk. <laughs> well, yeah, it's 1960. Yeah. Um, it's specifically March 26th, 1960. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, <laughs> Betty goes to the ladies' room. Uh, the, the title yeah. of the episode. And she yeah. can't, can't get her lipstick open. So let me tell you, when I first saw that she, like, her little hands were numb, mm-hmm. and she wasn't feeling good, and she was feeling sort of anxious, I was like, homegirl is pregnant. Oh. Okay. That's where my brain went. Yeah. Um, I don't think that she is anymore. Okay. I mean, she might yeah. still be. I don't know. But that is a common, like, secret, you know, you're seeing signs that a woman has something going on. And as from my experience, anytime I Google any symptom, the internet tells me that I might be pregnant. So like literally or have cancer. Well, right. Um, Those are like the all roads lead to pregnancy and cancer. And uh, see, now I also thought that maybe she had MS. mm, We're going to go that that route. That's real heavy. Right. Right off the bat. I mean, I don't know where the show is going to go. No, that's interesting. Yeah. It could dive you right down into yeah. chronic pain right. and disease. You know there's something that's happening. Right. And it's being set up, whatever that might be. Right. Um, and it turns into she has a goddamn car wreck with her kids. Yeah. So I was also noticing mm-hmm. I loved that the kids were not wearing seatbelts. Right. Um. Because, you know, you didn't do that Mm -hmm. then. And it was right after the scene. She and Francine are smoking and Francine's pregnant. Sally's playing in a big plastic bag. And the only problem that Betty has with that is that the dry cleaning might be on the floor. Right. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you, I'm very impressed with how well you know all these people's names. (laughs) I have seen every episode multiple times. Okay, sure. Because for me, that was just neighbor lady and still small child. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's no reason for you to know the kids' names. Thank you, um, perfect. Uh, I liked when Don will. Draper called her the girl. Make the girl do the dishes. Do you think he was talking about his daughter? Yeah. No. Who else is the girl? They're oh, maid. Okay, well. He's talking about the maid. Now, listen, I've never seen a maid. The daughter's six years old. 
Listen, it's the 60s. They get them shits to work early. <laughs> Not in that household. The whole Leave opening the conversation. The, the whole opening conversation was talking about, talking about a nanny. nanny and having servants. And, and then like, mm. and later when he's talking about deodorant, he's like, who actually buys it? Your girl or your wife or your girlfriend. Like it's, right. it's not, it's the help. I don't think they have a maid. Do you ever see a maid? I mean, I guess you've seen the whole thing, so you would know. Hey, hey, <laughs> how about we just go with it that Don Draper is telling his wife to let their six-year-old daughter go do the dishes. That makes the most yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. You know what? Kids need chores. Mm-hmm. They need responsibility. How it's true. Are, listen, how else is she going to learn to be a subservient wife yeah. if not by starting at six years old? I don't think rich people are the same kind of homemakers as poor people are. Like, rich people have to become wives and, like, plan parties and, like, supervise things, but not actually get their hands dirty. Okay. Oh, speaking of getting hands dirty, um, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, Mama Draper, Mm -hmm. wife Draper, went from no kitchen gloves, smoking a cigarette, to immediately both hands in kitchen gloves. And I said, wait a minute. (gasps) That's not how things work. (gasps) That was poor editing. Oh, my God. Because it was like smoky, smoky, here are my fingernails. And then, oh, my gosh, look at these yellow rubber gloves. Maybe she's just really good at putting them on fast it was was as unrealistic as the bra in the first episode oh man so you're just getting pulled out of it i was like what are we in a fucking time warp everything else that this show does is so masterfully executed but god (laughs) for fucking bid somebody put on gloves a little too quickly i'm gonna find those things yeah point them out every time you want to take this ship down Mm mm-hmm Perfection or nothing. Exactly. Thank you for understanding. Oh. So eventually, she does go to a psychiatrist. Or like Don. So Don gives Betty a watch. And then Betty starts crying at the very idea that Sally might have had a scar on her face. Right. Because girls aren't allowed to have scars. And like her entire life is predicated on the fact that she's, like, this perfect-looking person. Right. And, like, everything Don is telling her, like, he he says that he always thought that people who saw a psychiatrist, it was because they were unhappy. Right. And then he's like, look at that, look at that, look at that. Are you unhappy? your face. He even says, look at this, look at your face. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, the only things... Don can conceive of that bring happiness are outward trappings. Yeah. That all came to Betty because of her pretty face. Right. And because of him. Because if she's unhappy, then it must be a commentary mm-hmm. on him because he has brought her all of those things. Mm-hmm. And if those things aren't enough to make her happy, then maybe he's not enough to make her happy. <gasps> what do women want? <clears throat> Uh, who knows? I don't know. Um, but then, of course, 
She goes to the psychiatrist, and then Don immediately calls him. And yeah. Is that not a HIPAA violation? Come on. You can't just be... I bet if we looked it up, HIPAA was more recent. Not a thing. Yeah. Potentially. Potentially. Things were different. Laws change. Things were different. Um, also, let's talk about how many times they said the phrase Dick Nixon. Mm-hmm. Really like that. It was like five times yeah. fast. Dick Nixon, Dick Nixon, Dick Nixon. Maybe that's going to be my podcast name. Oh. <clears throat> Not Viola Spaghetti. I'm Dick Nixon. I feel like that name is already taken. Um, <laughs> you know what? Names come around again. They're cyclical, just like yeah. fashion. Um. You think there's never been another Dick Nixon in the world? I, I'm not sure that your cyclical argument <laughs> goes. <laughs> yeah, there's people running around all over the place named Abraham Lincoln right now. Exactly. I, I exactly. get that. I get that. Yeah, like that's that's another facet of all of this is like, we know Dick Nixon is not going to win that presidency. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a sinking ship. But they want to say his name over and over again. A lot. They want to say it a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, and we met somebody else in that conversation. Uh, Bert Cooper. Right, right, right. He was not wearing shoes. No, he wasn't wearing shoes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Kermit, where did you come from? Uh, Kermit comes out when I'm excited about something. <laughs> and I think Bert Cooper is a delight. <laughs> and he doesn't wear shoes. So he... Is the Cooper of Sterling and Cooper. Mm-hmm. Right. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, I very much liked him. Yeah. He's cool. He's adorable. I wish that he was like my fun uncle. Uh-huh. He would probably be my fun drunkle if we're being if we're being one hundred percent real about it. Yeah. Always like with a glass of I feel like he's always walking around with like a a, a white Russian. I'm trying to think about him drinking. And I don't want I want you to, like, experience Cooper and, like, learn about him as the show. I'm not going to just tell you everything I know about him. Thank you. No spoilies. No spoilies. I'm not sure about him drinking. We'll find out. We'll find out. Together. Now, I'm not saying he does it in the show. That might another, right. be another thing that happens. I see. Off camera where he's just hanging out at home with either yeah. a white Russian. Yeah. Or a giant fruity cocktail, like a Mai Tai, like something coconutty, mm, mm-hmm. as he's sitting there with no shoes on, mm-hmm. and it's just full of, like, things on the rim. Yeah. Like a piece of pineapple, yeah. and a, an umbrella, uh-huh. and maybe, like, I don't know, a, a, a piece of human flesh? That's a jump. Uh, he seems like the type, I don't know. What type is that? What's the, the type, type that drinks human the, flesh with rum? No, no, I'm not saying he's drinking human flesh. I'm saying, like, maybe he just happened to have a curved finger that got amputated, and he thinks it's really cool, and he hangs it on the rim of his glasses. No? I mean, I've never met any of your uncles. I don't know if this is <laughs> something that you have experience with. I'll allow it. Um... We won't. We won't go there. Oh. Hey, <laughs> this is podcast can make us whatever we want it to be. We can make it. Listen, yeah. Dick Nixon Dick just Nixon. thinks that. 
Cooper uh-huh. is an out there kind of guy. Yeah. And maybe so. he's just got spare body parts that he... I'm not saying that he does. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I appreciate your openness to the possibilities. Thank you. So then, another storyline is we've got Peggy. She just got her first paycheck. Right. She's wearing a Damn. scarf now. Okay, let's talk fashion for a minute. Okay. I have a lot of fashion notes. All right, let's move. Let's do it. Um, some f- 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 fashion. <laughs> What's her name? Betty, is that the wife? Yes. Betty, he also called her Birdie. I thought that was very cute. And Bets. And Bets. Girl, her fashion is all point. Mm-hmm. Everything she was wearing yeah. was beautiful. Yeah. But also, um, in regards to what we were saying in the last ep, Mm-hmm. With Don Draper being more sort of 50s uh-huh. styled. Yeah. She is very much seeming to be more 50s. Yeah. In her in her dresses and mm-hmm. uh, like that dress she was wearing in the in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. The dress she wears when she sees the psychiatrist. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah. Her little like pink and white candy striper situation. Mm-hmm. Her sweater and plaid pencil pants when mm-hmm. she almost kills everybody. <laughs> Girl, if you're going to go down, go down looking good. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Um, oh, oh, and our boss bitch, our strumpet trumpet, the art lady. Yes, Mitch. With her, with her robe. Mm-hmm. She's, like, getting out of bed, and she puts on this beautiful robe. And it's, yeah. like, shorter in the front and longer in the back. Mm-hmm. I need to find me that robe. Okay. Because I need to, like, roll out of bed next to a man and just, like, mm-hmm. wrap myself up in a robe like that. Yeah. I feel like that would be a good look in my life. They make them. But I need to find that one. I think there's an entire industry around Mad Men fashion. Like, so you could probably... Finding it. ...do something with that. Yeah. Good. Um, And also, let's talk about Peggy for a minute, because, as you mentioned, she's got a little scarf situation. Mm Mm-hmm. But also, her outfits are getting a little bit tighter. Mm Mm-hmm. A little bit more revealing. She her um, tweed pencil skirt and yellow sweater. She's walking around mm-hmm. with creepy McCreeperson going on that little tour. Kinsey, uh huh, uh huh. Kinsey, thank you. Um, that was super cute. Yeah, and a bit more revealing than the episode past. Prior. Yeah, well, I think I mean she's doing it directly because she spent half of the last episode being told to do it, right? And they like Joan even told her you that they would like it if she wore a scarf specifically. Oh, that's right, she did, didn't she? Yeah, so like she's she's absorbing everything at this point. Like she's, um, Joan teaches her the trick of. Let's go out to lunch. No, I want to save money. And right. then, like, just pretending to not have anything to do for lunch. Right. And then going out to lunch. And then... Right. She kind of tries... She tries to go solo with Paul Kinsey out to lunch. And gets the free lunch. But I wrote, Tin Stoffel. There's no such thing as a free lunch. Mm. And then... Mm. Later complains to uh joan that whenever anyone takes you out to lunch you're the dessert you're the dessert Mm -hmm. yes i did like i liked her little bit of attitude coming out there where she was just like over it and done and getting a little sassy yeah um 
And it made Joan nicer to her. (laughs) It did. Well, Well, eventually, yes. It, like, I don't know, the honesty bred, like, uh, just more, I don't know, they were talking to each other. I don't know. Um, But wasn't it Kinsey who said that he was married? No, that's the other guy. Oh. Uh, That's Stan? I don't, I have a hard time with some of their names, too. I think his name may be Stan. I know uh, Ken is the blonde, the tall, thin okay. blonde. Uh, okay, who got uh, and so it's, deodorant raped? Yes, him. But P- Paul Kinsey is the one who always has the pipe. So that's kind of how okay. you can identify him. And then I want to say Stan. It, it, you'll we'll definitely. We'll get. There. You'll know their names. I I read once or I heard once that. The, those three characters, Stan, you know, or whatever his fucking name is, uh, <laughs> Paul and Ken were meant to be like a Greek chorus around Pete Campbell. They were oh. like kind of the three bopping heads, but of course they'll interesting. There'll be more to them, but yeah, interesting. Peggy, like, so it starts off. She walks into the ladies' room mm-hmm. with Joan, and there's a secretary just crying. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, she walks into the ladies' room by herself, and she sees us. And she looks like she's about to cry, but then she, she sees one. She was about one, to cry. Yeah. And she's just like, you know what? That's not me. Yeah, she is moving her way onto the boss bitch list. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't. I can't say that she's there yet. Yeah, you. But that was a step in the direction yeah. of a strumpet trumpet. <laughs> I'd say that it was a fancy French horn. Okay. Can't give it a full trumpet. All Maybe right. a cornet. Uh, a cocky cornet. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> exactly. Thank yeah, you. you're welcome. Thank you. I, I do what I can. Um... Oh, I liked in the, one of my favorite quotes uh-huh. um, was when they are pitching the deodorant ad mm-hmm. to Don Draper and it's all about like the moon or whatever. Yeah. And Don says, I don't think it's ridiculous to assume we're looking for other planets because this one will end. And I was like, oh, we're still there. Damn. 60 years later. Oh, damn. Oh, damn. I liked that. I bet. People thought the world would end in 1960 more because of the bomb rather than, sure. like, the environment. Just, just but saying. But listen, no, there's always the something. Yeah. It's exactly the same. It's still the, the same. The bomb now is just us. Yeah. <sighs> um, <laughs> yeah, like, so Don, he, like, we see him with Midge. His artist lady. Art lady. And... The art tart. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, like, disappointed in her because she has a television. Yeah. Well, because she, you know, represents this thing that he wants or this other world, this other life that isn't basic. Like, having mm-hmm. a TV and watching Everyone is Funny or whatever the fuck that show is supposed to be that they're watching. Yeah. Uh, is, like, basic bitchness that, like, his wife yeah. does. Yeah. And, and it's he's like, like, you are my art tart. Mm-hmm. You don't do those things. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. she throws it out the fucking window because she's a boss bitch. I think he thinks of, like, everything he sees that's advertised and on TV, he's like, I, either I made that or people like me made that. And so it's all yeah. fake. And he's a kind of a Holden Caulfield type that way. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, 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 he thought she was above that. Precisely. Right. Um, and also, he kind of missed his entire family going to the hospital <laughs> because he was he with sure his did. girlfriend. He sure did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like when he goes back to see her when uh, Betty is at the psychiatrist. Yeah. And Midge, I guess I'll call her her name. Ugh. Ugh. Um, there was a line that she said that I loved. Because he's like, uh, saying something like, do you have everything or do you have nothing? Mm -hmm. And she says, I live in the moment. Nothing is everything. Yeah. And I was like, for you, bitch, that's probably true. I like that. Um, I like her sort of, oh, and I liked her telling him, don't come here talking to me about your wife. That mm -hmm. makes me feel bad. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It was nice to see that, like, she sort of is in control troll of that relationship in that way that mm -hmm. she I don't I, I can't say that he's using her mm -hmm. in that way it seems sort of like a mutual um understanding of what's going on as opposed yeah. to before this moment I assumed she didn't know that there was a wife I thought nobody knew there was a wife Baffling. Secret wife, secret life, baffling. secret family. He has a giant house in the suburbs of <laughs> New York City, and but Listen, doesn't tell anyone. About it. Nobody knows. It's so weird that you think that. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, like he's like that. He gives. He tells D Betty, "I thought you had everything, but then I." realize you didn't have this watch so here's something else i'm gonna give you and then he right. goes straight to midge and is like i can't tell if you have everything or if you have nothing because he right. wants it's like she's the anti-life she represents the life he doesn't have right which is why yeah. he was pissed that she had a television yeah it, it infiltrated he was mad that his world infiltrated her and then she gets mad that he brings up his wife to him to her um right. Also, how long was that psychiatry appointment? Because it's like, I'm telling he brought you. her in, and then, like, they go to dinner later, but right. there's an entire day there, so I wonder if Betty just went shopping in the city or something. Yeah, like, where was she? Because yeah. he didn't go to work that whole day. Yeah. He said it was only an hour long. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. That was And, like, the way that Midge was coming home, I assume that was, like, in the morning, but... Right. It was. Yeah, I don't know. She said she had to sleep somewhere else. It was yeah. like 11 a.m. She said it was 11 a.m. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I pay attention. Damn. You sure do. So he's, meanwhile, trying to figure out what women want uh, through advertising right guard. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, He's asking everybody. <laughs> he asks a bunch of dudes. He asks Roger. He asks Midge. Does he ask Midge? Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. Because that was at the very end. Um, right. 
when she tells him to take a shower because he stinks. And right. then he says, I thought you liked the way we smell. And then he realized that they want any excuse to get closer. Mm. 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 Also, but you just stink. You just stink. You're just a stinky boy. And now, now Don is trying to sell people something that changes men from their natural state. Another product mm. that he is... Like, like just something unnecessary that people don't actually want. But convincing, he's figuring out how to convince people that they actually want it. Well, that's what advertising men do. I know that's that. sort of their job. Right. I'm not surprised by that. That's not new information to me. Um, it's just like, he's, he's living, he's living like a real double life and also a, like emotional double life where right. he's like putting poison out into the world that he doesn't actually right. want in himself. Right. Mm. Well, and there is some sort of secret life happening because mm-hmm. he, we're not finding anything out about his past. Mm-hmm. Even his wife doesn't know about his past. Mm-hmm. He's real so cagey. There is a secret life there somewhere. Yeah. Where does this guy, did he have a nanny? Did his mom and dad raise him? Right. He, he has a purple heart for some mm-hmm. reason. And he dreamed of helicopters or explosions in the last episode. Yeah. <sighs> so there's something secret, secret happening. Mm-hmm. So that's happening. A, a couple little secret things. Back to Peggy. Just like little little markers to, to point out. Paul, when they're having lunch together and they still like each other. Is like, you know there are women copywriters. She's like, good Right, ones. right. I don't know. I don't know if that'll yeah. lead to anything. I can't say. I mean, that's clearly foreshadowing. Uh, I don't know why you'd say <laughs> that. She also steals the postcard, the postcard that P- Pete had sent Pete. Ken from his honeymoon. Pete. And she tells, she tells Kinsey, oh, there is someone else. Yeah. And she gets, she like perks up when she hears about Pete or she sees uh-huh. his name. It's because they boned. And she and lets. You know, you know us ladies, we can't have sex without getting, without falling in love, Kate. Mm-hmm. Any person that I have sex with, I'm immediately in love with them because that's how women work. It's a. Uh, that is how well our brains work. Recorded. But she's definitely. Feels something. Whatever it might she's be, she's a little bit some kind of way attached. Um, Here's my question: and Do you think Pete was her first? I don't know. Hmm. I I don't know uh, because she I'm didn't. Gonna, I'm gonna say yes. She didn't seem that shy during when he came to her door. Well. I'm going to make some wild assumptions mm-hmm. and accusations right now yeah. and say that she had never even seen the male figure mm-hmm. uh, until that night. Okay. And um, she immediately fell in love mm-hmm. and was bowled over yeah. by the sight of a human male penis. Okay. Um, that is your... and. On record, yeah. with that being your belief. 
yeah, that is, that's my hot take. Mm -hmm. I think that is now canon. She was a virgin and is now desperately in love Mm -hmm. from seeing her first penis. She's definitely infatuated with Pete. She lets Paul think that Don is the one she's sleeping with. Right. Which is interesting because they're both married and it's like she wants to keep it secret still. Right. And I mean, with good reason. Right. Regardless. But, uh, it made me sad because I was excited that somebody was finally being nice to her. Yes. And I thought that he was just like, actually just going to be a nice, friendly person. Mm hmm. And he wasn't because men are pigs. Yeah. He, she thought that he was being a friend. Right. But no. as did I. Yeah. And I feel betrayed and lied mm-hmm. to. But it did two and... things. One, it like got her realizing that you can't trust these pigs. Right. And right. two, it got a full explanation of how this agency is set up. <laughs> of True. like, we've got the accounts, we've True. got the... Uh, the there's like the accountants and then there's the account yeah. men and then there's the right. creative and Don is head of creative and those are all important, you know, things to have right. in mind. It's almost as if they were setting up some backstory. Yeah. Or laying it's, some, uh, it's like, so you know who, cause there's some groundwork, 300 people. It's like, well, who the hell is everybody? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have art also. Which is, right. at this point, Sal. Sal. I also loved Sal giving her the eyes as he walked by. Or her mm-hmm. assumption of him giving her the eyes. He, he probably just liked her scarf. I mean, yeah. who didn't? There was music playing during that scene. I paid attention to it. During that scene? Uh-huh. You're right, there was. Mm-hmm. But I also noticed that there was another song right at the very end. I did not notice the music during that scene. I'll have to go back and watch again. But... Again, there was like a song song, like mm-hmm. with lyrics, yeah. right at the end, which is interesting. Yeah, they most, I think most episodes have like a closing credit song. Yeah. There was a song at the very beginning, too. Not not the theme song, but there were what? songs. Yeah. Now I'm not paying attention. Here I was thinking mm-hmm. I was doing a great job, yeah. and I've just pooped it all. Pretty much. You've ruined I... everything. I'm really sorry that I'm not holding up my half of this podcast. Yeah. I was supposed to be the music person. <laughs> and here I am. Did you uh did you hear any swear words that I missed? Oh no, I did not. And I also did not hear any new fun lingo to add to my lingo list hmm. to bring back. Nothing that was so out of the ordinary. Right. Yeah, I um I can't think of I'm just trying to think of words people might have said. There was no sassafras. That is definitely true. I would have picked up on that. I mean, if anybody would have said it, I would have thought it was pregnant neighbor neighbor lady. Mm. Talking about the divorcee. Yeah. Yeah, that was interesting. What did you think of Betty's reaction to a divorcee moving into the neighborhood? Okay, so what I took from that is that Betty wants a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's like oh oh dear and she's all on her own and mm-hmm. oh my and but secretly in her brain she was like 
well, if she can mm-hmm. do it, I can do it. And she sees yeah. her dragging that heavy box across the lawn. Yeah. And she's like, well, if my hands weren't numb, uh-huh. I could do that as well. I wonder how much of it is she really wants a divorce and how much of it is just it's inconceivable to her. Because the way that she, like, her her reaction to the idea of Sally having a scar and her whole life being ruined by it. Right. Like, she's defined by being desirable to men. And, like, if a man isn't taking care of her, then, like, she just, it's just alien. It's just a completely, right. and I don't know, maybe she does want a divorce, but it's just so different. To- to me, it read like shock uh-huh. that that is a thing that could happen. Yeah. Followed by sort of like uh, an intrigue or mm-hmm. a longing or, yeah. uh, you know, like, oh my gosh, that is inconceivable. But wait, that person is doing it. Like it's a thing mm-hmm. that happens in the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be for me. Maybe mm-hmm. I could go through my boss bitch ho phase. Yeah. It was like if. Like, something that you've heard about out in the world, and then, like, all of a sudden you see it, and it's up close, and you're, like, actually in contact with it. Because I'm sure they don't socialize with other divorcees. Divorcees. Yeah. Um, So it's just, like, this completely novel experience. Right. Also, let me say that Pregnant Lady, that was a... Terrible fake pregnant belly. Yeah. It looked like there was just a pillow shoved up that mm-hmm. 1960s dress. Okay. And I was like, you know what, AMC, if you hadn't spent the $47 on that song, uh-huh. you could have afforded a better fake ass belly. It, it took mm-hmm. me right out of it. Just like the bra yesterday. Yeah. Just boom. Yeah. That bitch isn't really pregnant. Are we? Is this really shot in the 60s? Was this wow. really March 26th, 1960? Wow. I don't know that I believe anything anymore. Man. My whole world is a lie. Watching television must be really difficult for you. <laughs> Just like generally. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. Everything is real. It's yeah. really happening. Yeah. There's a whole world out there, Kate, that I have just never seen in real life, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. That's a good point. Just because I haven't been on Battlestar Galactica doesn't mean... That actual Battlestar isn't out there in space. That's true. I cannot disprove the existence of a Battlestar Galactica. Thank you. Now, if somebody on Battlestar Galactica had some fake-ass looking pregnant belly, then I'd be a little concerned. I might be a little less trusting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But they they don't use special effects there, so... No. It's no. Uh, not a it's problem. It's a documentary. It's, it's a documentary. It's all true. Yeah. Visually, narratively, spiritually. Um, yes. True. Thank you. Yeah. I. That's why I've glad. never seen it, because I don't watch reality television. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, but all television is reality television, because it's all real and true. Wow. Except for Mad Men. Except for Matt. Well, see, now I'm questioning everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, there is some, like, I have heard that, you know, I can't speak to the clothing or 
the special effects, but this show took great pains to have actual authentic 60s stuff, like mm. that they raided vintage shops and and uh, garage sales or whatever, don't mm-hmm. quote me on that, to like get authentic period pieces, you might say. Mm. Um, so I have a lot of faith in the production for like doing their damnedest to like have things be period real um but you know i'm sure there are things that are not well listen that bra was straight out of 2007 so i'm never gonna get over it i'm gonna be talking about it until the day i die clearly i cannot (laughs) wait for that day Ruth, what? I was just expressing myself. (laughs) 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 I'm playing, of course. Mm. Of course. I just need to do some research to see if there's any discussion about it. (laughs) (laughs) So we can lay this to rest, possibly. Once Once and for all. Yeah, that's all. Um... Yeah, the the only other thing I was gonna say, and we kind of already talked about it, was at the very end when uh-huh. Peggy goes into that bathroom and sees that other weak ass girl crying. Yeah, um, I feel like that is setting up. I feel like Peggy is going to have the the biggest character arc. Okay. Yeah. From point A to point B. Yeah. Um, because she starts as like nothing. Right. She starts literally like. A blank slate. Just right. pale, colorless, no opinions. Right. No... And already in episode two, we've got her shooting guys down, <laughs> uh-huh. wearing a scarf, yeah, choosing not to cry, yeah, and uh, giving some lip to mm-hmm. Tits McGee. That's right. So. She's, she's breaking through a little bit. Already. Yeah. But see, now this makes me think that she will have a large character arc very quickly, uh-huh. and then kind of stall out. Okay. So we'll you see. don't we'll have see. faith. <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, already, yeah, they're gonna fuck up Cara- yeah, Peggy's character. They're gonna fuck up that character, de- that, that character development, yeah. for sure. They're just gonna do it, they're gonna blow their load real quick, mm. is what I am anticipating. That's, uh... That's a shame that you already are yeah. so disappointed. You have no faith. <laughs> he of little faith. Well, um, I'm happy to be proven wrong. Set your expectations low, and then yeah. only one place to go. Um, is the answer. Oh, is that? <laughs> yeah, that was the answer to that. Uh, so do you have a prediction for what will happen in episode three? Okay. Well, Secret Wife already revealed. <laughs> so, um, okay, I feel like Wifey, uh-huh. Betty, yeah. is going to fall off the deep end. Okay. Real fast, real hard. Uh-huh. She's going to start popping pills because that psychiatrist is going to prescribe her with some pills. All right. And she's going to become a pill addict. Okay. Um, and... Peggy 
is going to start really amping up the attitude. Mm-hmm. She's just going to be giving the business to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, except for Joan. Uh-huh. But a little bit to Joan. There's going to be mm-hmm. some witty repartee. Yeah. Um, Don Draper. I'm just I'm making a guess here. He's going to have at least two drinks. <laughs> I like that your predictions are like, you really put, you put stuff out that you're like, mm. Mm. I, I, I just got a feeling. But then some mm-hmm. things are like, uh, the word the will be said at least <laughs> twice during this episode. <laughs> Oh, it will be, it'll, Manhattan will be featured. Manhattan, right. (laughs) The big city. Yeah, they will speak English in episode three. They will. They will. Uh, I feel like, um, oh, oh, I'm thinking uh, Mr. Cooper, Mm -hmm. hanging with Mr. Cooper. Yeah. Is is gonna walk around with some other piece of clothing missing. Okay. Maybe his tie is worn as a belt. With tie as belt. Perhaps. Or, or or something to that effect, right? First uh-huh. we had no shoes. Something there's gonna be something a little off. Uh-huh. Okay. And, oh 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 Pete's gonna come back from his honeymoon and there's gonna be a secret smooch with Ooh. Pete and Peggy in Don Draper's office. Okay. Secret smooch, Pete and Peggy in Don's office. Alright. Yeah. Bold. Thank you. Bold. I like it. And bear in mind, I have no idea what happens in episode three. <laughs> like, I know what happens generally, but as far as like, oh, yeah, and the episode that comes after episode two, this happens. Right. Um, well, good. Yeah, so I look forward to it. I hope that every one of these things is correct. I'm thinking he's going to have at least two drinks. At least um, two. I'm right. putting a good two dollars on that bet right there. Ah, I will not take that bet. <laughs> I put we'll have two drinks minimum, so we don't yeah. think minimum. that you you said flat. No, 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 no. Yeah, there's a good possibility he'll have more. Oh, mm-hmm. and I think uh, a fancy lingo word. Oh yes. Let's predict a lingo word is going to be um, bootlegging. Bootlegging. Yep. So, based on this is your second lingo prediction, do you think this takes place in, like, Yosemite Sam times? (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) I would like to know what Yosemite Sam... Times are as opposed to like Yosemite <laughs> Sam like, <laughs> like uh, setting. Well, it's like the Old West, which is a setting. It's Yosemite I guess Sam the times. Old part is a is a time. Also a time. <laughs> There's no bootlegging in the '60s because okay. booze is legal. I'm not saying I'm not saying that there is bootlegging happening. I'm just saying somebody's going to say the word. Okay. They might refer yeah. to when it was happening. Like, oh, Don Draper drinking as if we're bootlegging, right? Can He's I put... knocking seven of them back. <laughs> Can I put you down as predicting that exact quote? That ex- <laughs> exact quote. Mm. <laughs> In that accent. Somebody's going to have that accent. Yeah. Oh, Don Draper <laughs> drinking like you're bootlegging. 
I'm not going to write that down. I'll just remember it in my heart. Okay. In your heart. Yeah. Yeah. That's where all my, everything I say should mm-hmm. reside in your heart. I have a terrible memory, so it needs to be somewhere. <laughs> well, you're remembering all these names. I am very impressed for the record. Oh my gosh. I mean, once again, I didn't remember Paul Kinsey's name until I just watched that show, that episode. That's okay. But like, um, I also just watched it and I didn't remember it. So it's just a refresher, you know. Okay, I do. Like, I do know. once you have watched seven seasons of Mad Men, you'll know the characters' names too. Don't worry. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Can All right. Well, if that's everything, we did it. Then, as we say at the end of every episode, Mary, Mary, Mad Men to all, <laughs> and to all, and to all, a, a good, good night. Night. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Mad Women. Mad Women is engineered by Ashley Davis, music by Kate E. Britt, and graphics by Dylan Anderson. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RadMadWomen. Production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.